Hey, my name is Mark Springer. I'm the CEO of Avatar Nutrition and your host on this podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about some really powerful stuff that can make a life-changing impact for you. You're going to like the way you think after listening to this. I guarantee it. All right, so we all know the old saying, life is about the journey, not the destination. Well, it has to be, because after all, none of us are immortal and we all have an expiration date. Fitness has a tendency to mirror all the other aspects of your life, and it's certainly no exception to the truth of being about the journey. Fitness isn't something you can achieve once and then never have to work on it again, and it's something that can take many shapes and forms over time. Your body is the vehicle that your brain uses to experience the journey of life, and your approach to fitness is what you can use to take good care of and even upgrade your ride. Nobody starts out in life as an expert in anything, fitness included. I was no exception to this rule and in general hated the idea of exercising or stepping outside of my comfort zone. So how did that work out for me? Not well. Going into middle school, I started gaining weight. It was a new city, new school, and with it all came a new nickname, Drew Carey. So where did that nickname come from and what was it like living with it? You see, going into middle school, I wasn't really, I was just kind of a normal kid. Uh, I played outside, I had friends, I rode my bike, um, I was really big into building tree forts and stuff like that, and so I didn't really have too much of a weight problem until we moved, and so when we moved up to Benton, Louisiana, it's a little country town out in the middle of nowhere, the big city nearby is Shreveport, Louisiana, but things started to change. In middle school, you don't have recess, so you're not running around outside, and I was totally new, didn't really have a ton of friends. And so I, I found a lot of comfort in food. And so my intake went up with what I was eating and I wasn't getting nearly as much physical activity as I was used to. So as a result, weight started to come on and I had glasses and I was one of the shorter kids in my grade. And so there I was starting to morph into this short chubby kid with a buzz cut and thick Coke bottle glasses. And so lo and behold, it was Drew Carey. And that's what I did. To try to fit in, I became the funny guy and the class clown. And I might not have been like the most popular kid or the smartest kid or the athletic kid or just any of those other little cliques that you can kind of fit into, but I was really good at being the funny kid. And that's how I was able to get through and really navigate the perils of puberty. Because <laughs> it can be a tough time. I mean, I guess there's worse things that you could be than Drew Carey. It's obviously not the first pick that you would have if just given an opportunity. Hey, what kind of path do you want to forge through the hellacious fires of middle school? <laughs> but uh, Drew Carey it was. So I went on as Drew Carey. Um, you'd have things like Sadie Hawkins dances come and go and Sadie Hawkins dances where the girls ask the guys and, uh, little, little Drew Carey didn't get any ask to go to that, which is kind of rough. Um, and so, you know, at, at the time where you're really hitting that 12, 13 year old age range, your hormones are just, they're just firing off like crazy. Um, and so when the sex that you're interested in is not interested in you, um, it's just, it's just not a good time. It's rough and it can really cause you to start to look down on yourself. Anything that I would do that involved physical activity, I'd, I'd get winded in. 
I remember being in PE class and they'd have us run laps around the track and it was, it, oh, I hated it. And one of the worst things that happened was in, I believe it was seventh grade for whatever reason, they had me on the track team. I think it was mandatory that all the kids participate. So they put me in the 400 meters, which is just one, one lap around the track. And so there we are at Houghton High School, and high school and middle school share the same place as, as, as mostly is the case in Louisiana. But the gun goes off, and I'm running that lap. I probably make it like the first 50 meters before I have to slow down. And then after about 100 meters, I was like, I can, I can barely move. My, my side is starting to cramp up. My thighs are chafing. I'm winded. I'm totally out of breath. What do I do? And there's this girl that I had a crush on up in the stands because she had just run her race. I'm like, oh my god, I got, I got to keep going. And so I'm trying to like shuffle around the track, and and everything is just on fire. And I, I'm walking, and I'm trying so hard not to walk, but it's all my little body can do. And uh, that was that was awful. But I was trying to laugh it off and kind of make jokes to the people around the track as I was trying to survive all 400 meters of this race and uh it was it was just a it was a very difficult time and when it came to being able to experience the things that I really wanted to experience in life um I just wasn't getting it I wasn't getting it because I was being limited by my body and I would find the tightest undershirts that I could possibly wear to try to mash my form into an acceptable shape and even during the summertime I would be wearing thick hoodies to try to hide my form under and I was really just trapped and hiding inside of my own body and I just I I couldn't take it anymore and so eventually there came this moment when I knew I had to make a change and it all started with me literally slinging a moon pie over a fence and so a moon pie is this little chocolate pastry type thing it's got marshmallows in the middle little graham crackers on the top and bottom it's all dipped in chocolate they're pretty good but as a kid I would hide I would literally hide inside the pantry at my parents house and I would like eat baking chocolate or eat little debbies and I didn't want anybody to see me doing it because I I felt ashamed of it because I didn't like the way that I looked and I kind of knew that eating too much was probably contributing but at the same time it's sort of how I found um, emotional comfort, like comfort in eating. And one day I had this moon pie in my hands as I'm hiding in the pantry, the little pantry lights turned off. And I'm just thinking to myself, no more, no more of this, man. I can't do it anymore. And so I walk out of the pantry with this moon pie in my hand and I storm out the back door, <laughs> go across the back porch, through the yard to the fence and I sling it like a discus, just whoosh, right over the fence. And it's, it was one of those ultra over-the-top dramatic moments in life where like, you fall to your knees and go, no, and then like, lightning splits the sky. That's, that's what it felt like anyway. But um, there was no lightning. It, it was kind of a sunny day in the summer. But this is between my sophomore and junior year of high school when I just finally had enough with all this extra weight and feeling unlovable and unwanted and all this other stuff. And I just, I just wanted to change it because I was so tired of going through life like that. And the best that I could think to do was to try to like mimic what, what skinny people did. So the only thing I could think of for mimicking what skinny people did was like, well, I guess they, they probably eat a lot of salads and they run, they must run a lot. 
because I remember seeing these guys run up and down uh, Highway 3 or Benton Road. It was a cross-country team. And the hilarious irony of life is I remember driving past and or be riding with my older brother, older sister, my, my mom, and I'd be like, these guys are insane. How could you possibly run that far? <laughs> and then, lo and behold, like a few years after saying that, I was, I was one of those guys running up and down the highway. But before that happened, it was during the summertime, and I was like, I'm, it was shortly after throwing the moon pie over the fence, decided that I was just going to start running. And I couldn't run very fast, and I couldn't run very far. And all I would do is just pick a driveway. I would pick a neighbor's driveway, and I would try to run without stopping to that driveway. And then eventually, I would pick a driveway that was further down and further down and further down. And each day that I would try to run, I would run just a little bit further, just a little bit further the next time. And eventually, I got to the point where I could run a mile without stopping. And uh, cross-country race is three miles, so obviously it's not far enough. But as I kept running around in the neighborhood, one of the cross-country coaches saw me, and he asked me later during that school year when it started back up, he's like, hey, I saw you run around, saw you lost a lot of weight. Um, would you like to try out for the cross-country team? And so I asked my parents if I could do that, and they was like, yeah, go for it. And so I tried out and, and started running with those guys. And the distance, three miles, the first time I ever ran it, it was about like 32 minutes or something like that. But every time I ran a race, I got a little bit faster and a little bit faster. And I started to see this, this formula pop up. It's like, hey, if you are consistently putting in effort over time, so time plus consistency plus effort, you can change the way that you perform in something. And for me, it started out learning that, and the light bulb really went off with running. And by the time that I graduated, I was running a 17-18 for a 5K, which is a little bit over three miles. Uh, my mile time was 4.58, and I was I was actually a pretty good distance runner with just two years of showing up every day and putting in hard work. Now, I was running probably around 70 miles a week, and I'd significantly cut back on my calories, so I, I dropped a bunch of weight. And uh, at the time, in high school, I was probably like somewhere between 5.9 and 5.10, and at my heaviest, I was in the upper 190s. Um, but there was zero muscle there. Um, and then by the time that I graduated high school, I was 128 pounds and uh, pushing like right at 5'11". So I was very, very, very skinny for my height. Um, but I'd gained all this confidence and I'd gained friends and this sense of camaraderie and community with uh, my teammates who were running with me and doing all those early morning runs on Saturday. And it was just, it was just awesome to be a part of that. And then the summer before going into college, one of my buddies uh, named David Mfinger introduced me to the gym. And so he had started lifting weights um, earlier in that school year and started building muscle. I was like, oh, that's really cool. I wonder if I could do the same thing and just start showing up, going to the gym, putting in time, putting in consistency and effort and, and starting to see changes. And I remember back in middle school, so in seventh and eighth grade, I, I tried playing football as Drew Carey, and it didn't work out very well. I mean, I couldn't figure out how to tackle people. The best I could do is like run up to them and kind of hug them and fall over, and usually they'd get away. Uh, my little glasses would fog up underneath my helmet, and my knees were just in constant pain from tendonitis or growth spurts or just being too heavy trying to run around, whatever it was. Uh, but it was rough. But there was this little inkling that I had in my head that I wanted to kind of avenge what had happened in middle school 
and being this terrible athlete who didn't really have a work ethic and didn't understand the power of time, consistency, and effort. So after having this introduction to the gym and understanding that there's a process that you can go through to help put on size, put on muscle, put on strength, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try to walk on to my college team. So I went to school at a place called Northwestern State University in Louisiana. It's a FCS school. So we're the kind of football team that like LSU or Texas A&M, Ole Miss, like these these big SEC schools, they'll, they'll pay us to come down there and like beat us up. We're, we're a payday school. But still, it was it was Division One, and one of these things that a lot of people were like, oh, there's no way that could ever happen. But I knew that I can get better at things. And I saw myself getting stronger in the weight room. I saw myself starting to gain weight. And at school, we had the school gym that you could go to and work out at for free because it was part of your student fees. And we had a cafeteria where I had a meal plan. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to eat and eat and eat. I'm going to go to Walmart. I'm going to buy this. They had this stuff called Body Fortress, but it was like whey protein and creatine. And I got these things called Muscle Mag, and it's just Muscle Magazine, and they have these like bodybuilder workouts. And so I signed up as a prospective walk-on, and I would train with the other prospective walk-ons early in the morning. I'd go to my classes, and then in the evenings, I would go with some of my buddies who were going to walk on with me, and we'd do these bodybuilder-style workouts. And all in the meantime, just smashing cafeteria food. And so by the end of my freshman year of college, I'd gained 70 pounds. I went from 128 to 198, and granted, you know, it wasn't pure muscle, but it was good solid beef, and at my height, my normal weight would probably be around like 175 or 180, and so being 128, I was severely underweight for my frame, but um, yeah, I took to lifting weights like like a fish to water, and it was so much fun just seeing the body change and seeing this weight come on and actually being able to apply that to to successfully walking on to my college football team and so you'll see me wear this little link around my neck but that link was given to all the walk-ons and it serves as a reminder of what's possible when you put together time consistency and effort and that formula applies to every single thing in your life whether it's a relationship whether it's your finances whether it's your academics really anything as long as you keep showing up and you are consistently trying and putting in effort over time, you will see positive changes, and you're going to get closer to that end state of whatever you're trying to become. And it was really fun um, going through that process, all the confidence that was gained, all the positive energy that was had. It was just transformative in every way. And it's my personal mission and the mission of what we're doing here at Avatar to give that same kind of confidence and control over your body and understanding of time, consistency, and effort as it applies to tracking macros or anything else in your fitness that's going to put you where you want to be. So this is a a part of why we're doing the podcast is to help get you guys the information that's made a personal impact in all of our own lives. But um, really just kind of wrapping things up, my own journey through health and fitness has taught me countless things, but still the absolute most powerful one is that with time, consistency, and effort, you can accomplish pretty much anything. First, I learned that through fitness, distance running to be specific, and I've had the chance to apply it in so many other areas of life, from academics to even business. You can start to identify in your own life the things that you value and want to do. All you need is a foot in the door. And when you start to consistently show up and put in work, 
as time goes on, you're going to get further and further along, progressing to a higher level in the things that bring you purpose and meaning. If you're out of shape listening to this, that's awesome. It just means that you have more opportunity to improve. Just pick an area you want to improve in and apply the time plus consistency plus effort formula to that area, and you'll see yourself start to get better. It's an incredibly empowering feeling once you see the needle start to move in the direction you want it to as a result of your own personal choice and actions. If you have questions, want to say that you enjoyed this show, or just want to reach out for any other reason, you can find us on most major social media platforms. On Instagram, we're at Avatar Nutrition. We're Avatar Nutrition on Facebook and, well, Avatar Nutrition on YouTube. Just search Avatar Nutrition anywhere. We're pretty easy to find. Hit the follow button on this podcast to catch future episodes. And remember, we're always posting helpful and informative content on all of those platforms I just talked about. So make sure that you're following those too if you're not already. Thank you for listening. And let us know if you can see this making a positive impact on your life and what you'd like to know more about. Talk to you soon. Thank you.